as more information is developed regarding the COVID-19 pandemic with various directives regarding managing one's own personal safety, obtaining accurate insight from trusted sources is absolutely essential. For us, one of those major trusted sources is the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. With vaccines for kids age 5 to 11 on the immediate horizon to the newly developed COVID pill and mix-and-match booster shots, collectively, it's a lot for the average citizen to sort out and track. Therefore, we touch base with our trusted, accurate sources. From the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, the chief medical officer is Dr. Eric France. Uh, We expect next week on Tuesday, the FDA advisory group will discuss their potential make recommendations for the five to 11 year olds. Uh, so so that's, that's 10 days away, but it's certainly coming up. We've even been asked by the CDC already to start putting in orders uh, as of October 20th, next Wednesday, yeah. and preparing to have vaccine um, uh, delivered sometime in early November. So um, a lot of plans and are underway, a lot of work underway so that we're ready to uh, vaccinate the 5 to 11-year-olds. And so we have, I think, over 1,700 enrolled uh, vaccinator provider groups across the state. We've been engaging with them, making sure that they're ready to offer vaccinations, in particular with primary care doctors like family medicine and pediatrics, being sure that they'll have doses in their offices and clinics that they can give to families, Um, pharmacies as well. And we may have some special events as well that might be larger settings to help create a convenient access to the vaccine. So it's exciting and and, um, important, I think, for children to be vaccinated. Um, There is a a child who, who has COVID and they catch it from home um, has a chance of spreading it to others in their household when they come back. Right. I saw one study showed about a 25% attack rate um, from kids under 11 to household members. Um, and so if they're vaccinated, they're less likely to catch it. Um, they're less likely to spread it to their household members, which might include uh, an unvaccinated family member or... Um, they're less likely to have one of these serious complications from from COVID. So, um, and and I think in general, when folks are vaccinated, including children, if if they have uh, the disease for which they're vaccinated, it tends to be milder, and they tend to shed less virus. And so, it could be an important way of controlling the spread from children to family members if the kids are vaccinated and happen to get uh, COVID in a mild form. So when you say 25% attack rate, that means 25% chance that it would be passed from the child to the family members then, correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. Okay. That, that, yes, I wanted to, uh, to define that uh, for the audience there. So, Basically, yeah. the recommendation then from you is to just wait until next week and uh, see what the uh, the group uh, recommends how they uh, are the place where they could take the child to 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 get the vaccine. Then just wait and see. 
Yeah, and I was I was a little off on my weeks. It's actually ten days. It's a week from Tuesday sure. on the twenty sixth of November that the FDA advisor will review and make a recommendation. Mm-hmm. After they've done that, the FDA decides about adding it to the emergency use authorization, and that would probably happen that last week of October, and it may be the week of you know the towards the 5th or 6th of November, probably when would be the earliest that we get the vaccines available for the younger group. The health departments have said, okay, everybody can go to Bronco games again, 73,000 people out there. Yeah. And uh, the idea is that the public is saying, well, if I'm outside, I'm okay. But um, when somebody scores a touchdown and 73,000 people get up and cheer at the same time, and maybe with a 60% vaccination rate, then you've only got 40%, which is about 30,000 people who haven't had a vaccine, and probably 5% of those may be carrying virus. So the choir effect can still happen even in an open stadium. At least that's my speculation, so I thought I would ask you about it. Well, yeah, yes. Um, you know, I'm going to the Broncos game with my on on Sunday. It's going to be a beautiful sunny day. I look forward to being there. And I'm vaccinated. My son is vaccinated. And um, the dog vaccinated too? (laughs) Three out of every four people have had had, um, uh, both vaccines now. So our vaccination rates are high. But you're right. One out of four is still a pretty big number of unvaccinated folk. So how does one kind of approach going to a Broncos game? I think for me, I'll, I'll be bringing a mask with me, and I'll make decisions as I go. I've, I've been comfortable being outside with people, um, and I will probably don my mask when I go inside to buy uh, a, a cold brew, or if I head to the restroom or something, I'll probably wear my mask in, in inside in that regard if i'm sitting next to somebody who seems to be coughing i'll probably wear my mask right there or if somebody is particularly vocal sitting behind me i might want to wear the mask so all that to say is that we're at the place now where a large percent of folks have been vaccinated and our ongoing vaccination will slowly creep up for those who still may choose to be vaccinated and the risks are going to be lower with these outdoor sports. And uh, with our own vaccination, um, we're much less risk of catching severe disease. Um, I think my chances of being hospitalized or uh, uh, if you're unvaccinated is 20 times higher than a vaccinated person. Uh, should we use the same type of uh, thinking, the same type of process? for going inside with the Nuggets and Avalanche, wearing the mask a lot because yeah. you, don't, you don't have the outside air there. Yeah, and I don't know that I know much about the quality of the ventilation. I know in general, you want to turn the air over in the building five or six times an hour. That that really helps. Um, I, I don't have a, a measurement for the can. Um, and whether or not it's um, got that same level. And I would likely wear a mask when I was at uh, Nuggets or an Avalanche game. I would wear a mask if I were at a Nuggets or Mac. And I 
wear that mask while sitting in my chair and probably while I'm in the building. And, and in part, it's because there's still a lot of COVID out there because we have a lot of unvaccinated people. Yeah. So there's plenty of people to still catch it. And uh, in a future period, maybe next season, maybe the spring, if cases are way much lower, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable being in, inside a building without a mask. With winter approaching now, how does one discern symptoms between if they have COVID or if they have a common cold? I don't know that it's going to be straightforward. You can't necessarily tell by the symptoms you're having that this is flu or COVID. Yeah. And so I would recommend that um, if you have symptoms of an upper respiratory infection, you go to one of our free 120 testing sites across the, the state and get yourself tested or use a home testing kit. The state is providing free home testing kits and mm-hmm. you can today go online and and schedule yourself to receive them so that you have them, you can test yourself if you get sick at home. Um, yeah, so I think it's important to, to test yourself if you have any symptoms to be able to identify, is this COVID or is this a cold or the flu? So should the uh, public maybe go online and request a kit just to have it there in the event uh, the situation occurs? Yeah, I think so. I did. (laughs) I think it's a good idea. And you say that they're free and they'll be mailed to us then? That's right. Um, Best to have them in the house rather than have to find it if you're not feeling sick. The the information about the COVID-19 tablet or pill, what are you you hearing there that's making you excited about it or making you say, ah, we need some more testing? Well, I'm hearing that that it reduces illness by half. So that's pretty exciting. And it's a pill, of course. It's not an antibody that I have to do an infusion or an injection for. Um, I believe um, by the end of the year, the producer, the company making it, is expecting is it 10 million doses and that 1.7 million doses will be held for the U.S. So that means to me it's going to be in short supply over the fall and early winter and probably through the winter. And we'll have to prioritize its use just like we're doing with the monoclonal antibodies, figure out who most likely would benefit from it. And so um, FDA, I know, is looking over that information is, now to, to potentially offer it in an EUA so it can be used. But it's exciting. Is the efficacy about the same? It may be a little bit lower than the um, infusions. I think the infusions were felt to provide 70% reduction in cases, and the pill might be 50% reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the convenience um, of being able just to give somebody a pill it may may far outweigh the marginal reduction in effectiveness. Mix and match booster shots? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds really interesting. You know, I'm going to try to keep mine the same, but Mm. other people who want it in a hurry, they're going to try to mix and match. Is, is, what are you reading about that? That's, uh, that's, that's going to be good for us. Yeah, you know, I think um, stay tuned. Uh, by the end of the day, probably by about three or four, 
we'll hear more about it because the FDA Advisory Council is meeting as we speak and they're talking about mix and match and whether it should be done. I think the question is always about, is there enough data to show that you can mix and match and they're still effective? Mm -hmm. And so the, the vaccine manufacturers are doing those studies and have provided that information to the FDA today. Um, babies in the first um, two years of life get four doses of a pertussis vaccine. And sometimes they have to mix and match on those. And what, the hepatitis B vaccine for kids and adults, sometimes there's mix and match. So historically, it can work to mix and match. The preference is always to use the same product throughout. And when they say it's okay to mix and match, it's because they've done the studies where they've mixed and matched and found that the antibody responses are still strong. So that's the data we're still waiting for and that the FDA is reviewing at this moment and might very well finish today by saying, indeed, mixing and matching is fine. I think there's a particular instance of interest, which is, will there be a recommendation that those who receive the J&J &J vaccine get a booster with an mRNA vaccine? As of this morning, you might have seen that the FDA advisors did recommend a booster of the J&J &J so that that's a second, do a second dose given. Yeah. Now, if, if they can't do a second dose of J&J, &J, would they do an mRNA instead? That's that's what we'll learn more about. So, by I, the end of the day. so I can do my I, I can do an mRNA to go along with my uh, with my Pfizer. Then it will be just fine. Yeah, and that, and your Pfizer is an mRNA, but oh, okay. um, you could do an mRNA with your J and J. Okay, so, all right. Are you seeing anything else that says to you that this may be that COVID nineteen may be endemic, and we're going to have to uh, learn to manage it? in future year after year after year? Uh, that's a good question. I will say, you know, that coronaviruses tend to be endemic, right? I think all the common colds are called, caused by coronavirus. Right. And they, they come back and we don't have vaccines against the common cold, um, but we get sick with it and then we get sick with it again. So will that happen with this vaccine? Um, this virus, this coronavirus, I don't know. Um, I do think we're going to get to a place where you've either been vaccinated or you've been sick, right? We'll burn through the, the million or so people who aren't getting vaccinated. They're destined to be sick with coronavirus. And then once that's happened, does it kind of fall back into some low level or does it become more serious like recurrent flu? I don't know. We deeply thank the Chief Medical Officer of the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, Dr. Eric France, for his time to keep us updated and with clear direction regarding the development surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic so we can effectively manage our own personal safety. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Mask up and keep your distance when going out. Grab that vaccine for health and more freedom, and we do appreciate you sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.